Kiddushin Daf Samach Dalit. We're starting from the Mishnah, right at the top of the Amid. So the Mishnah says, and this is continuing the theme that we saw in yesterday's Mishnah, that a father is Neman, he has a Neman, has a credibility to say that he married off his daughter. Pasik says, I gave my, my daughter over to this man. So the Mishnah now elaborates on uh, what exactly a father is Neman. Kiddashi Spiti, a father said that I was Makadish, my daughter, and uh, so meaning that I, or it was really an or, or he said, I was Makadisher, and then I was Makabla, a divorce for her when she was still a minor. In both of these cases, she's still a minor. So Neman, he's believed. So the mission is telling us one or two cases. The father has a minor, and he says about her either that I married her off, or he says that I married her off, but I was Makabla, a divorce for her. But both of those points, he's believed. So we see in the Mishnah, father's believed not only to say, that his daughter is married, but also to say that he married off his daughter and then he subsequently accepted a, d- a divorce for her on her behalf. If he said, that I was Mikhailisher and I accepted a divorce when she was a minor, but at the time that he's testifying, now she's already an adult, and then he's not believed. Meaning that Amanus only extends as long as she is still a minor. But once she becomes an adult, even if now he's testifying about things, the father's testifying about things that he claims happened, when she was a minor, he's not believed. He's only believed if currently she's a minor. And the Gemara will elaborate why that is the case. Another halacha, nishbeis upadisiyah. He says, my daughter was taken by Goyim, and I ransomed her back. So let's understand what that, what that din is. The halacha is that when a girl is taken, uh, captured by Goyim, so she's also to marry a Kohen, because we, we assume that she was probably raped by the Goyim, and therefore she's not allowed to be with a Kohen. So... So what happens if this is all, we don't know that it happened, we don't know that she was taken captive, but it was rather all from the father. father said that my daughter had been taken uh, captive and I ransomed her. Then, even if he's saying about her when she's a minor, and she's still a minor, he's not believed, meaning there's no nemonis of a father to say about his daughter that she became usher to marry a coin. Like that, there's no such nemonis. That, that, that's, that, that's something that she's not nemonis. We'll see in the Gemara exactly why he is nemonis to say that he was Makadah and he accepted a divorce for her, and yet, we're seeing here at the end of the Mishnah, he's not Neman to say that she's also to marry a Kohen. So we'll see about that. So the Gemara starts with the question, Mishnah ratio, Mishnah say, what's the difference between the first part of the Mishnah and the end? In other words, what is the beginning and the end? Really, it's going to the whole Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah said, when the daughter's a minor, the father's believed to testify that he was Makabal Kedushin and also that he accepted a divorce. But when she's an adult, he's no longer believed. Why not? Well, why, why, why is he not believed once she, when she is an adult? And the second question is, why isn't he believed in the very end of the Mishnah to say that she was taken ransom, uh, captive by Goyim and that he ransomed her? So the Gemara explains. Reisha biyadeh seilaf biyadeh. The first approach of the Gemara is that it all depends if the father has the ability currently to do, to create the effect that he's saying happened. So a father has the right to marry off his daughter and he has the right to be makabal divorce. So in the ratio, when, he, when, the, when the daughter is still a minor, Currently, he has the ability to make her married and to make a Kabbalah divorce for her. So therefore, when he says that those things occurred, he has an amonis. Since it's within his power to carry out the actions that he's testifying about, so therefore, he's not about it. Masha Enkin, when, when she turns to be an adult and he's testifying now about things that happened previously, it's no longer within his, with his power to make it happen, so he's not believed. And the Seifa, certainly, um, where, where, where he says that she was captured by Goyim, so we assume that uh, there's no power to do that, right? There's no power to make your daughter uh, become raped. That's not something that, that the, the father has a power to do. You can't, you can't make her become abducted by the guy. So therefore, when he says that it happened, he has no belief. So the Gemara says, well, that's not really true because below, is it not true that he has the power to, um, 
to make it happen. What's 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 happening in the Seifa? That he's saying she was captured by Goyim and therefore she became also to marry Cohen. The father has the, the power to do that. Maybe he doesn't have the power to bring her to Goyim, but what could he do? It's within his power. What is the father's power? To marry her off. So he can marry her off to a Chalo. A Chalo is the child of a forbidden Kuna relationship. So let's say a divorce, he marries a Kohen, the child is a Chalo. So the Gemara assumes that the law is what happens, a Chalo is not a Kohen. What happens if a Chalo marries a woman? The presumption of the Gemara is the Kapasim Kuna would make her not fit to marry a Kohen, meaning a Chalo who marries a woman and, or has children, so, so they're not, they, they're Nipsalam and Akuna. The daughter, let's say, cannot marry a Kohen, and the Gemara assumes the wife cannot marry a Kohen. So it's within the father's power to mess his daughter up for marrying a Kohen. He could marry her off to a Chalo. Therefore, he should be believed to say that she was taken captive by Goyim and he ransomed her because it, was within, it is within his power to make her offspring to go on it. Says the Gemara Halokasha, that's not a difficulty. We're going like the Tan of Rabdusai, who says, that for Klaal Yisrael, the mikvah is matar than for Chalalim. So that's a whole discussion later on what exactly that means. But the point is, what he holds is that a Chalal's daughter is not also to marry a coin. A Chalal is not a coin, that's true. But if a Chalal marries somebody else, their children are not. Possible to marry Kohanim, and likewise, the Gemara assumes that the wife of a Chalo, according to the opinion of Rabbi Dusai, is not forbidden to marry a Kohen. Meaning, a Chalo, yes, he's not a Kohen, but there's no law that his wife becomes this Lakuna. So, therefore, our Tana holds that way. So, it's not within the father's power to just make her possible a Kohen. So, that's why he's not believed to say that she was abducted by Kohen. Says the Gemara, but he could have married his daughter off to a Mamzer. That would certainly um, make her usher then. Make her also to marry a Kohen. The halacha is that when a girl marries someone she's not allowed to, so then she becomes forbidden to marry a Kohen in the future. So the father could have married her off to a manzer. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva, that there's there's no kedushin that takes effect when there's an iser. So he doesn't have the ability to make her also to a Kohen by marrying her off to a manzer because they wouldn't be married. In other words, there's nothing you can do to make her also. If you hold that like, there is Kedusha, Tfisa's Kedusha, and that after the fact she would be married, if you married her off to her mom's so then it would be within his power to make her also. But our Tana holds that Kedusha is not Tofes after the fact by Chavi Lavin. So, 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 so it's not within the father's power to marry her off to her mom's. The Gemara assumes that even Rabbi Akiva, who says in Kedushin Tosim Chavi Lavin, but he agrees about the Isra of a widow marrying a Kohen Gadol. We're going to see why in a second. But that's an exception to the rule, even though it's forbidden as a law. But a widow would marry Kohen Gadol, we assume there's Tfisa's condition. So if a widow would marry Kohen Gadol, she did a forbidden thing, she'd be asked to marry any Kohen in the future. So in such a case, you should be believed about a widowed minor daughter that she was abducted by Kohen, because in that case, he has the power to apostle her Kohuna. And where does the Gemara show this? That Rabbi Akiva holds that Tfisa's condition would exist between a widow and a Kohen Gadol. A child born from forbidden relationships, even if they're not so severe according to Rabbi Kiva is normally mamzer. With the exception of a widow in a Kohen Gadol. What does the Torah say? It says the Kohen Gadol shouldn't take the widow and then he shouldn't make his children non-Kohanim. In other words, if a Kohen Gadol does marry a widow, the children wouldn't be Kohanim. So that implies the only ramification is that the children are Chalalim, they're non-Kohanim. They will not be mamzer. So that's a proof that the B'di'evit after the fact that Kedushin is recognized because if there wouldn't be Tavisa's Kedushin, and this is generally Rabbi Akiva Shita and Chavi Lavin, the children would be Mamzer. So we have a proof that even Rabbi Akiva agrees by 
So why in that case, again, if it's within the father's power, if we have a widowed minor daughter to marry her off to a Kohen Gadol, then in that case, you should be believed to say that she was abducted by Gaim. Says the Gemara, when we're not, we don't hold like Rabbi Shemayim. Rabbi Yeshiva said different. Come, let's make a protest against the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. He used to say, Whenever it's not mother to have the child will be a mamzer. So what does he mean is always like that? We just said there's an exception. Must be Rabbi Yeshiva holds that there's no Tfisus Kedushin between a Kohen Gadol and a widow. He disagrees with this statement that we, uh, that we just related for Rabbi Sumai. And uh, that's what our mission holds like. So it's never within the father's power to marry her off to someone that would make her possible to a coin. Says the Gemara, that's actually not so simple that that's the case. If it's true that Rabbi Shevav is just trying to give objectively his own understanding of Rabbi Akiva's view, then it's good. And then it means any time there's an Isr Bia, so then there's no Tvisus Gedushin. If his whole point in context of his statement was just to say, not like Rabbi Shemai, that I'm on the Kohen Gadol, uh, is not a mom, he was just coming to disagree with that point. So, but he wasn't coming to say that any, literally, anytime there's not a bia, the bia is usher, then, then there's no Jesus condition. And the big difference would be, and this is what the Gemara later will learn about this, what does Rabbi Akiva say about chayve ese? Chayve ese means the Torah didn't say don't do it, but the Torah implied not to do it. What's the big thing like that? Like a mitzri convert. Until three generations into the family, you're not allowed to marry them. But the Torah doesn't say don't marry them. The Torah says the third generation is permitted. So the inference is the first and second generation are not permitted. So something like that, that's a weaker iser. It's only an inference in the Torah. Is that something that, that you make mamzerim from? Is that something that there's no tzitzit kedushin? So that's the machlokas. If Rabbi Yeshev is objectively saying his own thing, then it's mashma. Yeah, there's no tzitzit kedushin there. But if he's only coming to exclude for Rabbi Simai's statement, so Rabbi Yehuda we assume that Rabbi Akiva would agree with Chavayase there is tzitzit kedushin, and then it would be within the father's power to make his daughter usher to marry a Kohen by marrying her off to let's say Chavayase like a mitzri convert. So therefore, in that case. He should be Nemon to say she was abducted because he's, he has the power to make her usher to a coin. So therefore, now the Gemara is going to totally um, recognize that our whole explanation was flawed. Again, our explanation of that a father is Nemon about his daughter when she's a minor to say that she was married and divorced because he has the power to make those things happen. But he's not Nemon to say about her when she's an adult that those things happen because it's not within his power or it's not within his power to make her usher to a coin so he's not meant to say she was abducted. The Gemara points out that this whole explanation is flawed for other reasons. Do you really think that the first part of the mission, the reason why the father is Nehman is because it is within his power? Yes, it's true. A father has the power to make Kedushin. Is it within the father's power to divorce her? A father could be Mechavel again. He could receive the get. But even though he could receive the get, he can't make it happen. He can't force a husband to make the divorce. So if the only reason he's naman is because of biado, it's not biado to create that divorce. But oh, furthermore, it's not really even true that he could marry her off. Let's say the father is trying to make a shit up for his daughter, and the, 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 the person he's trying to make marry off to says, I'm not interested. Can he make the condition against her will? Against his will? No, of course not. So it's not even called that he has a full sense of biyado. It's not really within the power of a father to marry off his daughter. He could, provided other variables line up. So therefore, the point that we're saying is that it's not a regular nemanus biyado. Biyado is something that I really can control. It's within my power. It's not called within the father's power to the father's power to marry off his daughter. So the credibility of the Mishnah cannot be based on Biyadah. So now go back. What is the whole Yisrael of the Mishnah that a father is never to say about his minor daughter that he was Makabal Kedushin and that she was divorced? Elam Rabashi, Reisha Rachamana Emne. 
It's a gezeris hakasa of the Torah. Believe in Gravuna Damaravuna Mara. Minai laav shenam and lazarus bitam and Torah. Where do I see from the Torah that a father is believed to make his daughter also, meaning to establish her as a married woman? Shenam maris bitin asati lishazet. When it says, "I gave my daughter over to a man, law ish to a man, asra," first he restricts her because her first he just establishes that she's a married woman. If he doesn't identify who she's married to, then she would be also to everyone in the world. But then he adds hazet this man. And by saying this man, he names a specific person, he tira, he's able to permit her. So when he first answers her by establishing she's married, and then he is mad to her specifically to marry that person by saying that it was this guy. So now let's just understand this a little bit better. Now we see that the Torah believes a, a, a father about his minor daughter to make her also and to be mad to her. So that's exactly what's going on in the ratio of the Mishnah. In the ratio of the Mishnah, a father is speaking about a minor daughter and he's saying, I married her off, but I accepted a divorce. So he's answering her. He also can be mad to her by saying that he was makab of the divorce. However, this new namanus that the Torah gives is only as it relates to marriage, about marriage and divorce. And there's no special credibility that a father has to say that his daughter was taken captive. There's no special namanas. So therefore, he's not neman. So if she's an adult, he's not neman. The Torah only said it about a minor daughter. And he's not neman about things that don't pertain to marriage. So therefore, he's not neman to make her also coin in the case where she's abducted. So at the end of the day, it's really just Xeris So That's the conclusion of the Gemara. The Torah gave a father credibility about his minor daughter to say that she's also and mutter through the realm of marriage. Okay. Now we continue. Uh, so remember, Yibam is done when there are brothers and when there's no children. Right? What was left with it, and, and there was no children to the husband, and there are brothers to the husband, then she does Yibam. So what happens if we don't know if they're necessarily sons or brothers? And we want to know if we should trust the, the, the person, the deceased. Misha Amrishas Misazo, right at the time of his death, he said, Yishli Badim, I have children. So Naaman, he is believed. We didn't know he had children, it seems. But he says, I have children, he's believed. She doesn't do Yibam. If he said, I have brothers, so now, in other words, we thought he had no brothers, therefore she didn't have to do Yibam. But now he says, actually, I have brothers, and he's not believed. And therefore, she does not have to do Yibam. So what does this mean? If he said, I have children, so she's, she does, gets out of Yibam, he is believed. If he says, I have brothers, in a case where there's no children, he says, I have brothers, so she has to do Yibam, he's not believed. So it sounds like he's Neman only to get her out of doing Yibam, but he's not Neman to put her into Yibam. So the Gemara analyzes that. It sounds like he's only believed to permit his wife. He's not believed to make her awesome. Name it, and, and, and the Gemara just like doesn't exactly tell us the full sense of logic for that. But it's like the Nehmanitz is only if it we're coming to permit her, but not coming to forbid her. It's hard to understand how, like, what the logic in that would have been. But well, eventually more will emerge here. So the word says, Name it, look, Let's say that the mission doesn't go with Reb Nassan's view. The Tanya, it says in a price here. Bishas Kedushin, what happened? A little bit different than the Mishnah. Here, when the, when the husband first married the wife, Amar, he said, Yeshli Vadim, I have children. Like he's saying, don't worry that one day through marrying me, you know, you're going to become falling into a Yibam scenario because I have kids. But then Bishas Misa, later on at the time of his death, Amar ain't low He says, actually, I lied. At the time, I lied. I actually don't have children. Or Bishas Kedushin, Amar ain't At the time of the Kedushin, he said, don't worry, you'll never fall to Yibam. I don't have any brothers. But Bishas Misa, Amar Yishli Achim, he then switches. At the time of his death, he says, actually, I have brothers. What's the law? Neman Lahater. He's Neman. To, to relate, to permit his wife, he's not Nemon to answer her. So meaning his initial statement, which is Mater, I have kids, or I don't have brothers. Those original statements are believed, but the later statements that, that actually I don't, I, I, don't have, I don't have kids or I have brothers, he's not believed on. So that kind of lines up with our Mishnah. He's only Nemon to be Mater, he's not Nemon to answer. But there, he is believed to, to forbid her. So now it should come out 
that our mission is only Rebbe and not Rebbe Nassim. So the Gemara says, no, that case is different than our case. Amar Rav Hashani Hashem. At the time of death, now he's retracting. That shows us that he's telling the truth. Meaning in the Brisa, what happened was, is that it, it makes a lot of sense. He had originally said differently, and now he's switching. Obviously, the idea is he wanted to get her to marry him. And he, she was nervous about Yivam, so he lied, you know, to, to convince her it won't happen. And then on his deathbed, he feels really bad because really the truth is different. So therefore, he retracts the claim. So that, that, that's the reason why Reb Nassim is saying he's believed. But Stam, in our case, where a person makes one statement at the time of their death, that she's Chayv and Yivam, even Reb Nassim would agree that she's not believed. So it's more believed when you're retracting something you said than when you say it out of the blue. So the Gemara says just the opposite. All the more likely. In the case of the Bryce of the Gemara, there he's contradicting what he originally said. He originally said she didn't have to do evil, and now he's saying he, she does. Nonetheless, even though he's retracting, you're concerned he's telling the truth. So then in our mission, he's not contradicting anything. He's just saying it out of the blue. And certainly we should be nervous he's telling the truth. So that rejects what we said. That makes no sense. If it's to believe the credibility that she has to do Yibam, where, where, where it contradicts what was said before, the person is retracting his claim, certainly he should say it where it's said out of the blue. El Amar Bai, rather Abai said, actually the mission and the Brides are dealing with completely two different cases. Our mission is dealing with a case where we didn't assume um, that, that where we assumed he didn't have brothers, meaning we didn't know of him to have any brothers, and we also didn't know of him to have any children. That was the case. So the Amrino, therefore we say, if there's no presumption that he had children or brothers, it makes sense that if he says he has kids, he's believed. Why? Because he's only reinforcing what we originally would have assumed. Since we didn't know of him to have brothers, so we would assume that when he dies, he, she doesn't have a chi of Yibam. So if he tells us, oh, by the way, I have kids, he's not changing our assumption of the woman's status. That's the point. Since we didn't assume that he had any, any brothers, so then, so then he's not changing anything uh, when he says, now I have kids. Uh, he's just a, a sta- continuing our original assumption about what she would have done, and that's why he's believed. However, if he said, if he comes along and he says, I have brothers, he's not believed. Because if he's trying to say, actually, my wife would fall to you, he's not believed. He's not Nemo. He doesn't have the power to restrict her upon the world just because of his testimony. Because by claiming he has brothers and continuing to say he doesn't have children, he's going against our status quo of the way we were assuming. Again, the case where Abai is explaining is that our Mishnah, it was known to us, or it was assumed to us, I should say, that he didn't have brothers and he didn't have kids. So if he just says, I have kids, he's not changing anything. He's believed. But when he says to us, I actually, I have brothers, she's going to fall to Yibam, he's going against the status quo. If he goes against the status quo, he's not believed. Whereas Bryce, uh, the case of the Bryce is a totally different case. Rabbi and Rabbi Nelson, what's the case? Top of the base. The case is, we knew he had brothers. We, it was presumed by us that he had brothers. But we didn't assume he had kids. So meaning it's almost like the assumption was that she was going to fall to Yibam. So now, at the time of the Kedushin, when he told us that there's not going to be Yibam, there there's actually, even though he makes a claim that goes against our current presumption, in other words, at the time of Kedushin, he's going to say, you're not going to fall to Yibam, it's really against our current presumption. Our current presumption was that he had brothers and not kids. But we say he's believed. Why? We say the logic of why should I lie, which is a way of saying, if I'm going to lie, I'll do the easiest lie possible. Because my karma, why, why would he be saying that he has children and that he doesn't have possibility? He wants to free the Kala from the possibility of Yibam. Don't worry about Yibam. Why? I'll give you a gap before I die. 
So what if I'll give you again before I die, then then then, and then that will get rid of her of the possibility of Yibam also. So if his whole concern is that she's gonna fall to Yibam, he doesn't have to come and make us believe that he has that he that doesn't have brothers or that he has kids. He could just uh, he could just give her confidence that 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 he'll give her again. So therefore when he says that actually he uh, he has brothers, um, that that he doesn't have brothers or that or that he has kids, it's like a hundred percent proof that he's telling the truth. What he said to us at the condition was like 100% true to us because if he was going to lie, he would have lied differently. So now what's the dispute? So now the dispute is, now he comes along and he retracts at, at his deathbed. Rabbi Rabbi holds that the level of Mala Shakar is exactly like witnesses. It's like absolutely like two witnesses said. So the two witnesses come and they approve the presumption. So meaning the original claim that he made at the Kedushin was so absolutely compelling that it overwhelmed our original presumption that she was Chayv to Yibam. And the opposite, it makes a new assumption that she's not Chayv in Yibam. So now when he says at the time of death differently, it's as if he's going up against the Chazaka. Because as if the Chazaka opposes him, because once he had that Malul Shakar at the time that he married her, I mean, as if we know for sure he told the truth then. So if we know for sure he told the truth then, now he's trying to retract, we don't believe that. It's like a support you're telling the truth. But it's not a proof you're telling the truth. The fact that I could have just said, I'll give you a get, as opposed to saying that I have kids, it's not a proof. It's just the support. It's, not, it's, not, it's only like a chazaka. So one presumption doesn't completely uproot another assumption. So remember, we've been assuming that she was going to have to do Yibam. Now he says something which is supported to the contrary. Okay, so... It was supported both ways. Now, at the time of his deathbed, he comes along and he says, she has five and Yibam, we have no problem accepting that. So that's the case there. So basically, we come out that everyone agrees that you don't, you're not Neman to uproot our presumption. That's the state of our mission. Our mission was presuming that she was, um, that she was not going to do Yibam, and that's why he's not Neman to her. The case of the Brisa was a whole specific case because at the time of the Kedushin, he said it, and if he was coming to lie, he could have just said, I'll give you a get. So is that a riot? It's the truth. Is it only supported? It's the truth. And that's the issue Rebbe Yerim when he wants to retract then at the time of his death. Okay, continues the mission. A new issue. How about this? A guy gave his daughter over in Kedushin, but he didn't specify which daughter. So he did a deal. He said, I'm a Kabbalah Kedushin for, you know, what you guys said, one of your daughters. He was a Kabbalah Kedushin for one of the daughters. We don't know which one. So, in a bogus the adult daughters certainly are not included. And that seems obvious because the father doesn't have a power to be Makadashim. But we'll see in the Gemara that, that even if, let's say, they had appointed their father as an agent to be Makabal Kedushim for them, if the father is Makabal Kedushim for one of his daughters, we don't assume that the bogos were included. Continues the Mishnah. Let's say you had two groups of daughters from, from two wives. So just to clarify, in, in the previous case in the Mishnah, so the Maisa, though, all the other girls, all those minor girls, are it's going to be Zafik, who, if, which one is married. They're all going to possibly become married. Now, someone here in the next part of the Mishnah has two groups of daughters from two separate wives. For Amar, he says, Kidashi is Biti Hagadola. He says, my older daughter I gave over in Kiddushin. So what does he mean, older daughter? Older is relative. It could mean the older daughter of the older ones that I have, meaning the oldest girl of the older group, or maybe it was the older daughter of the younger group. That would also be older. The older daughter of that group. It could also refer to the youngest daughter of the older group. And in what sense is she the elder? She Because she is older than the eldest of the younger ones. So meaning he really has to imagine like two separate marriages completely. First he's married to one woman. And uh, let's say for 10 years. And he has a few kids. Then after completely all those kids were born. He marries another woman and has another set of kids. So it could be that the youngest of the first group is the elder one because she's older than all of the younger ones. So he could have meant her. 
So what's the law? Kulan Asur, they're all Asur, meaning they're all assumed that they might be the married one, except for the youngest daughter of the youngest one. There's no way he, she would be called the older one. She's not older than anyone. So Rameir says, everyone else is included in the Suffolk. These are the words of Rameir. The opposite. Everyone is mutter, except for the oldest of the older ones. Surely that was the one that he intended to by saying the elder. So in other words, if he, the father remembers for the condition that he said it was the elder daughter, then we assume that it was the, the eldest of the, of the older. Now what's the pshat in that for? Because it's very interesting. It's like a psychological dispute here. Would a person use language that leaves them open to uncertainty? That's the question. The father said, I was Makadish. He remembers the time of Kedushan. I was Makadish Kedushan for my older daughter. So would he, a person, use language that if he would forget what he meant would be, would be catastrophic, you know? So that's exactly the dispute. Right? Mayor says, yes. A person might use such language, so we don't know. We don't know if it meant elder the elders. This, it meant anything that can possibly be included in the term of elder, it may have, it may have been that. Abiyosi says a person doesn't use language that would leave them vulnerable if they would forget what they meant. So therefore, if he said, I was Makadish for my older daughter, and we don't know the exact meaning of what he meant, we assume that he meant it the older of the older, because anything else would have left him in a vulnerable uncertainty here. Says the Mishnah, a person said, very similar, just with the opposite here. I gave my younger daughter in Kedushin over. So what does he mean, the younger daughter? In the day, Kedanash might have been the youngest daughter of the younger ones. Oh, Kedanash Bogdanash could be the younger daughter of the older ones. And she's younger from the ones that are older than her. Or even the older of the younger set, she was younger than the youngest of the older ones. In that case, except for the eldest daughter of the older ones, that was surely not had in mind. If you're a mayor, she says, they're all mother, except for the youngest of the younger ones, because we assume for sure that she was the one that the father married off. Okay, so now we go over. Um, we go. We, we're going to start analyze the whole mission. So right away in the first, the first part, the mission said a person was makadish, one of his daughters. We didn't specify which one. So we say the adult daughters are not included. So that's mashmakatanas paklal that the younger girls are included. And what's the law going to be? We don't know which one. So each of them might be the one, and they each practically have to get a get from the man who was makadish because each one of them might be the real wife. Says the Gemara, and this brings us back to something we learned a couple of weeks ago. We see that Kedushin, that cannot be given over to the possibility of Bia, is still Kedushin. What's that issue? Kedushin is to bring to relation. That's the whole point of Kedushin. So here, a person made a Kedushin for one of your daughters. Practically, he's not going to be able to sleep with either one because it might be they're his wife's sister. So one opinion we learned back then said, Kedushin that's not given over to the possibility of relation simply is not a valid Kedushin. Because Kedushin, by its definition, is with the possibility of leading to relations. One of your daughters will not lead to relations. So therefore, the whole Kedushin is flawed. There's no Kedushin at all. So according to that opinion, not only are the adults not included, even the minor ones are not included. So the Mishnah infers differently. Says the Gemara, no, we could say that the case is there's only two kids, an adult one and a minor one. There was no other daughter. So what the Mishnah is saying is that if we don't know if it was the adult one or the minor one, we know for sure it wasn't the adult one because the father doesn't have the power. So it must have been that it was the minor one. But in the Hanami, if there would be two minors, then it would be nothing would take effect because it would be a suffix which one it is. They wouldn't be allowed to do Bia. They wouldn't be allowed to do Bia. The whole Kedushin was not Chal. Says the Gemara, the language of the Mishnah is different. It said adult daughters. It sounds like there's more than one adult. So we extend that and assume that there's more than one minor as well. It says the Gemara, my bogus bogus da'ama. The language of daughters just means daughters in general, not this particular father. You mean any scenario where this might come up. But this particular father in front of us only had one daughter. 
says the Gemara then, if the case is that there's only one adult and one minor, Pshita is obvious. Anyways, a father cannot marry, over, or cannot marry off his adult daughter. Meaning, if a father said, I was Makadish, my daughter, and he has one adult daughter and one minor daughter, of course it's the minor, not the adult, because he has no power to marry off the adult daughter. What kind of Chiddush then would the Mishnah be teaching? Says the Gemara, the novelty is that let's say the, the adult daughter had appointed the father as, an, as, as her agent to accept Kedushin from anyone. So in other words, he is tasked with the responsibility of marrying her off. He, she made him a shliach, so he could do it. So maybe when the father was Makabal Kedushin for one of his daughters, he was doing it for the adult, who was Memanim Ashliach. The Mishnah tells us that we don't say that. We assume it was for the minor daughter. Why do we assume it was for the minor daughter? Maybe, in fact, it was for the older one. A person never stops. A person would never leave something that he gets pleasure from and do something that he doesn't have pleasure from. What does that mean? When he's Makadish, his daughter who's a minor, he gets much more pleasure than he's Mikadash's daughter who's an adult. Why? Because the Kesef HaKadush, where does the money go? If she's a minor, he keeps the money. If it's an adult, he doesn't. So therefore, if he said one of my daughters, we, it's as if we know for sure it was the minor one, not the adult one, because the minor one he'd get pleasure from. Maybe the adult daughter said to her father, you go, you go accept Kadushin for me and I'll let you keep the money. So why are you assuming that all the pleasure is not is going to go to her and not her father? Maybe the case is that she told her agent, the father, that he could keep the money as well. Says the Gemara, even so, a person doesn't leave a mitzvah that is incumbent upon him, and to do something else that's not incumbent upon him, meaning it's a specific mitzvah to marry off one's minor daughters. Pasuk in Yirmiya says, So therefore, since it's a mitzvah, we assume that he would be uh, quicker to be Makadish, his younger daughter, than his adult daughter. So it's so interesting today. Today we have like Shidduch crisis where it's the opposite. You assume that, you know, the older daughter was probably the one that he would care more about. But here in the Gemara, it seems like this idea is that the mitzvah was more incumbent upon him for the younger daughter. So that's why we assume that's what he had in mind. Okay. Then we begin to analyze the next part of the Mishnah, which is when we had the two groups of daughters from two wives. And the whole first group is older than the whole second group. So there was a Machlokas Rameir and Rebiosi in two cases. One was where he was Makadish for the older daughter. We don't know which older daughter. And one was where he was Makadish for the younger daughter. We don't know which younger daughter. And the, 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 the Machlokas basically is, Rameir says we assume it's all of them except for anyone we can for sure eliminate. And Rebiosi says we only assume it's the one which is the clearest one. So if it's older, it's only the older of the oldest. And if it's the younger, it's the younger of the youngest. So why do I need both cases of the Machlokas? Says the Gemara, Tzricha, what's necessary? If you only spoke about the first case, there a mayor says it, where he used the term of the older one, because for each sister here, except for the very youngest one, we could say, since there's still a younger sister, maybe he means to call her the elder one because she's older relative to the one who's at least younger to her. But in the middle case, the second case where he said younger, I would say he agreed to Rebbe No one's going to call a girl younger just because she's not, just because there's someone who's older than her. Why? What is the Gemara going on here? Rashi explains the basis is when you call someone the older girl, it's a, it's a sign of pride. When you call someone the younger girl, it's almost like disgraceful sort of terms. Very interesting. Calling someone the older one is like a, 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 a shvach. It's a praise. Calling her the younger one is not. So in conversation, you might call any of the daughters the older one, to get, except for the youngest or the youngest. But you might, you know, try to boost her up a little bit. I'm got my older daughter. Which is the older daughter? It could be anyone except the youngest. The youngest, he might try to apply that praise on his daughter. But when it comes to calling someone a katana, oh, she's a little girl. 
So only the little, that must, for sure you only need the, the youngest of the youngest, because anyone else, even though I guess she is younger because she's younger than the one before her, but if she's not the youngest, you want to refer to her as that way. So you would say that. If you only said it in the second case, welcome Rabbi I would say Rabbi is only about the youngest of Ahach. It's about the older mother of Rameir. I would say he made agreed to Rameir that the oldest goes on any of the ones that he could possibly be praising. Tzricha, therefore, was necessary to apply to say the Machlokas was there as well. So what's the Machlokas about? Lememra, it sounds that the dispute is about. Rameir, Savar Machlokas, a person puts himself into uncertainty, meaning a person will use language which will bring them to uncertainty. I said my older daughter. We don't know what that means. He might use such language. People don't use language that brings them to uncertainty. What's ironic is that we find that they say just the opposite in another place in Shas. It is not. It says in the Mishnah, here we're talking about a person who's making a nether. He said he's not going to benefit from a certain person or a certain, or a certain thing until Pesach. What does it mean until Pesach? Until the Pesach starts. As soon as Pesach starts, the nether is off. Because he said until Pesach. But what if he said, until it is Pesach? Then it's also until Pesach ends. Because as long as it still is Pesach, the nether is still in effect. What if he said an ambiguous term? Ad Pnei Pesach. What is that? Rameir Savar it's also only until Pesach starts. When Pesach starts, he's mother. until Pesach ends. So what's going on? So basically, Pnei is a very, very confusing, confusing term. So Rameir is saying that he for sure meant only the more straightforward approach, that it should stop at the beginning of the, of the beginning. Rabbi Yossi is saying that no, Pnei may have referred to the, the, the any day of the holidays. So just to understand better, the word Pnei really means the beginning. Pnei, the beginning of it. So therefore, what does it mean, the beginning of Pesach? So you could say the most straightforward explanation, which would be without any uncertainty, Pesach starts. And that's what Rameir says. Rabbi Yossi says, no, maybe it means a more complex meaning. It's the beginning because there's still more to come. So every single day could still be the beginning because there's more to come. And therefore, he's also only in, he's only mutter once Pesach ends. So it's not much the opposite. Reb Meir is saying a person would only use language in a way that's more direct and straightforward. And Reb Yossi is saying, no, even more ambiguous language you might use, even though it leaves him with uncertainty. So you're right. Flip around the shitos in the Dharam. It's be, that which was said in the name of Reb Meir is really Reb Yossi's opinion, and that which was said in the name of Reb Yossi is really Reb Meir's opinion. And the Gemara proves that. But Tanya, like it says in the right, so Zach, well, this is the rule. Kosh is Manukavu. If there's a set time, something which is coming, like Pesach, and he says until the beginning of it, it's also until the event ends. Only until it starts. So that Raisa has Rameir saying what Rabbi said in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yossi saying what Rameir said in the Mishnah. So that's a proof that what we said should be flipped. All right, so the whole Machlokas, Rameir and Rabbi Yossi, we spoke about where there was two groups of daughters. So now, Amr Abayim Machlokas Vishneki Debanos. Just further understanding is that the Machlokas is only when there's two groups of daughters here. Um, there, there, Rameir says, it's uncertain which daughter became betrothed. You might call anyone on the first group his older daughter because even the youngest girl of the older group is older than all of the girls in the younger group. That's why... We take them. Uh, we take that possibility, and it also might be the oldest girl of the second group because she's the oldest girl. Avakas Let's say there's only one group. In other words, let's say there's. Why do we speak about two groups? Let's just make it simpler. Let's say there's one group. That guy said, "My older daughter." Let's say he had three girls. Well, who did he have in mind? He clearly didn't have in mind the youngest, but did he have in mind the middle one? Rameir should presumably say yes because she's older than the youngest one, even though she's not the oldest, but she's older than the younger one. Says the Gemara, no. Where it's only one group, everybody agrees he's only referring to the truly oldest girl, Katana Mashma, and the younger one, the Emsa is Bishma Karila. What's the Pshat over here? 
we say as follows. The middle girl would be called by her name. You wouldn't call her the elder or the younger one. The idea that you wouldn't call, um, that, 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 the, idea, the ideas that we're saying like this is that only when she's the older in a certain like absolute sense would you call her the older daughter when she's not literally the oldest one. So if there's two groups, you might call anyone from the first group the older because there's a whole interesting idea here. She's older than all of the other group. But if there's just one group, and there's a middle, someone in the middle, you wouldn't call her older daughter. You would refer to her by what you, who she is or what, what, what number she is or her name or something like that. But so therefore the whole mayor that all of them are included possibly is only when there are two separate groups. But what happens? We should say the middle daughter in the second group should be mother. If we're saying it's only going to include elder because it's older than all of the second group. So in our missions case where there's two groups, why are we saying only the youngest of the younger one should be permitted? Even the middle one of the second group should be permitted because you wouldn't call her the elder. Says the Gemara, you write on skin, she ain't shamal gudol tana. The second group only had one, two kids, an older daughter and a younger daughter. Bachanami, Mistabra, and it's logical like that. Demisa, the Ika, if there was actually a middle daughter in that group as well, listen, the Mishnah would have mentioned her explicitly. The Mishnah, did only, the Mishnah only said, except for the, if they're all us or except for the younger, the younger, it didn't explicitly relate that the middle one is also also. So we assume there is no middle one. And that second group of the mission is only an older and younger. Says the Gemara, according to your reasoning, the middle daughter in the first group, where if she existed, you're saying she'd be Asr, she's Asr, the mission didn't explicitly mention her. So maybe the same thing in the second group. Says the Tana spoke about the youngest daughter of that group, that even she's also the youngest daughter of the first group is also. So we assume that that applies to the middle one as well, who's older than her. There's no need to mention it. But Halcha, for the second group, it's not such a, so obvious that the middle daughter would be Asr. Misa, the Ika, if it's true that there's a middle daughter who's becoming Asr, Nisne, then we assume the Mishnah would have mentioned her explicitly. So the fact that the Mishnah didn't mention her shows that she doesn't exist. And she doesn't exist. But in a Hanami, a middle daughter in the second group would be Mutter according to Rameir. So the Gemara, now one more objection. The case of the vow that was made until the beginning of Pesach is like one group of daughters. It was until the beginning of Pesach. Remeir is saying it's also until Pesach is over. Why? Because it could still be the beginning relative to things that come after that. That's like more like a case like just one group of daughters and a person says, my older daughter is also, and we're saying that, that, that in that case, it does not include the middle one. So what's the difference? Completely, we still find Remeir arguing in the case of until the beginning of Pesach. There they're just arguing about the general meaning of until Pnei Pesach. The Umar changes completely what the Machlokas of Pnei Pesach was. Until now we thought Pnei meant beginning. And the question was, what could be included in the beginning? Could any part of the middle also be called the beginning? Now the Gemara says they're just arguing what Pnei means. One opinion says Pnei means before Pesach. One opinion says Mifnei Pesach, until Pesach passed. Meaning the idea that Apnei Pesach Rameir is offering until Pesach is over is not because Pnei means beginning, but any part of Pesach might be the beginning. Pnei means the Mifnei, until it is over. It doesn't mean beginning, it means the passing of. That's why it's also the whole time. So in Echanami, it comes out that the case of Pesach is unrelated to our dispute because Rameir wouldn't say it by one group of daughters. He's only saying it might refer to the older one because, it's in, because, because all of the older group are usher than the younger ones. But if there's one group, for sure Rameir did not include the, old, the middle ones. Rameir would agree that the older daughter refers only to the oldest one. There that he said it's us until Pesach is over is only because he says that Pnei Pesach really means Mifne Pesach until Pesach has already passed.